What's going on, family? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I'm your man, Gerard Bonner, and I hope that all is well. I hope you guys had an amazing weekend going into the launch of spring. That's right. Spring is here, and spring officially means it's WrestleMania season. As I mean, it's already been WrestleMania season. The road to WrestleMania begins, of course, at the Royal Rumble, but... We now know we're really in that space, and so things get very interesting as we're officially less than two weeks away from the biggest wrestling week of the year. And listen, there's been a whole lot that's been going on, and so we're going to get into all that's been going on over these last few days in the world of pro wrestling. But first, of course, a big thank you, as always, to all of you who check us out on the socials at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, those of you subscribe to our podcast wherever you check us out. Thank you so much. These things mean the world. Also, I want to invite you to follow us on the socials at The Faction Show and then follow me on my personal page at Bonnerfied, where we've been sharing some of our faction quick hits, some of these reels that you guys have really loved. We did one last week on Scott Hall. We also did one on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Got some more planned for you this week, so it's going to be really, really fun to check those out. So make sure you're following in all of those places. We'll also make sure they're in the stories as well for you to check out. So there's a lot to get to, and I do mean a lot. Let's first start with AEW. AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage. Big weeks this week, of course, getting a better understanding of what's going on with the Jericho Appreciation Society, and how about Scorpio Sky retaining the AEW TNT Championship, actually getting a pinfall on Wardlow, thanks to the interference, of course, of MJF. So a big week for AEW, and then the end of Rampage, which sees... Shane Swerve Strickland coming to the aid of Keith Lee. Now, could this become a tag team? I don't know, but I like the idea of the two of them working together. Quite frankly, it would have been super cool in NXT, but Swerve, of course, was a part of Hit Row, which then turned into its own thing on SmackDown, although it was short-lived. So, I think this is going to be neat to see. It'll be interesting to see where all of this goes out as we're still dealing with fallout, of course, from the Revolution pay-per-view in AEW, and we're gearing up for the month of May, where we will have, of course, double or nothing. So that should be pretty incredible, to say the least. Moving into the world of WWE, of course, we're less than two weeks away from WrestleMania nights one and two, and there are a few more things that we know. Now, for one, there's talk that perhaps Bianca Belair won't be available for the Raw Women's title match because of this throat injury that she has, I'll just say, eh, I think we're going to see Bianca Belair. I think there's no way she misses WrestleMania, regardless of what Becky Lynch or anybody else wants us to think. I think that's going to absolutely still happen. A couple of things that we do know. First and foremost, I got to give a big shout out to what's been going on with women's wrestling across the board this weekend. There were some great, great matches that if you guys haven't seen, you need to lay your eyes on, particularly the tag team match that happened on SmackDown between the team of Naomi and Sasha Banks against Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. 
I personally look forward to those two teams battling. You could totally take the tag champions out of this right now because that's where the money is. And let me tell you, they gave us a match and a half on SmackDown. The ending wasn't so fun because there was outside interference, which caused the match to be thrown out. But what a match it is. I'm a little concerned about now the triple threat tag match turning into a fatal four-way tag match where you add in Shayna Baszler and Natalya into this women's tag team title match that'll happen on WrestleMania Sunday. I will just say this. I think this is a way to get more women on the card. Given that right now, the only spaces that women are showing up at WrestleMania are in these title matches. So whether it's the Raw women's title match, the SmackDown women's title match, or the tag team title match, I wonder if there's going to be any sort of effort to put more women on the WrestleMania card, given that we've got a two-day situation. And given the depth of their roster, there ought to at least be one non-title women's match on WrestleMania's card, though there isn't right now. And one could make an argument that this is a statement in terms of where the whole women's evolution, revolution situation is in WWE. I don't know, but I'm very interested to see what will happen with that. Now, who those women should be, I also don't know the answer to that. So maybe I should think about that. But the fact that I would have to think about it speaks volumes to where the women's roster is in WWE. I think there's plenty of talent there that should get opportunities, but maybe the state of women's wrestling right now in WWE isn't what it should be. I don't know. Interesting. But you have folks like Nikki A.S.H., Piper Niven, a.k.a. Dewdrop, hopefully a returning Bailey. Like there are people that are there who have been giving us some great matches throughout the year that deserve the opportunity to be on the WrestleMania card. It's a two-day card, so it seems like it would be an opportunity for that, but we'll see. So I am concerned about the state of women's wrestling in WWE. With that said, I think we had an amazing women's tag match on Friday. The other major women's match that happened, we'll talk about on the second half of today's show when we get into the Crockett Cup. With all of that said... WrestleMania is going to be very, very interesting. Now, SmackDown this week started with Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar driving a forklift through Roman Reigns' vehicle, and then Roman Reigns and the Bloodline somehow escape when the vehicle is lifted up, and then they get into a truck. Okay, so let's just say this. WWE, I know you are big on the entertainment part of this sport, but the whole idea is that there is realism. And after the unplanned broken neck of Big E last week that happened right on television for us not to miss, you've now asked us to suspend our reality to believe that a forklift with these prongs go through the windows of this car and none of the bloodline and Paul Heyman are hit. Nobody's injured. Nobody's pulling glass out. This thing barely misses their face. Could have cost them their lives. They had to react so fast. Then while this car is being lifted up, now they manage to somehow get out and escape before it gets turned over and they run into a car. And again, okay, 
So, yeah, we got to do a better job, WWE, particularly after we watched a man's neck legitimately get broken. I'm not asking for people to die. And I'll throw this out there. I don't know that this Brock Lesnar segment needed to happen for us to actually believe the level of anger that Lesnar has. He tore a truck door off of its hinges and carried it to the ring. He's incredibly strong. He's incredibly intense. Very believable. But don't turn around and insult our intelligence by having this happen. If we go back to the Attitude Era, and every time I mention the Attitude Era, these visions of Brandon Clack just dancing by the mere mention of the Attitude Era pops up in my head, right? But the reality of it is during the Attitude Era, when they did things with cars and vehicles and other spaces, it made sense. You know, I think about Austin pouring the concrete into Vince's Corvette. Vince wasn't in the Corvette. He's watching it. It gets busted. It makes sense. I think about, you know, Stone Cold driving in the Zamboni, right? He's not hitting anybody or Stone Cold taking the monster truck and driving it over the Rock's Cadillac like the Rock wasn't in it. Now, granted, there were some moments where it looked like people were either in cars or whatever and It looked realistic. It appeared to be realistic. But when moments like what happened on SmackDown happen, you kind of throw everything out with the bathwater. So I don't know. I didn't like that. It's not necessary for this battle in this war. And I hope that they can figure out some kind of way to make it all make sense because that made absolutely no sense. Quick piece of news as we look at Ring of Honor before we get into the NWA's Crockett Cup over the weekend. Big news from Ring of Honor. A big match was signed over the weekend, and that is the Briscoes, the current Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, will be taking on FTR, who are the current AAA Tag Team Champions, and that match will be a first-time-ever situation which is super exciting for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles, two of the best teams in all of pro wrestling. That's happening April the 1st at the Super Card of Honor. So this is going to be massive, to say the least. And speaking of Super Card of Honor, we also know that there's going to be a winner-take-all match to determine the undisputed ROH World Champion. Is the champion Bandito Or is the champion Jonathan Gresham? And speaking of Jonathan Gresham, who holds the Ring of Honor original world title, last night over in the UK, Jonathan Gresham defeated Cara Noir to win the Progress World Championship. Now, this is significant for a lot of reasons. First of all, Cara Noir, who I just love as the Progress World Champion, had spent 26 months as the Progress World Champion. This is massive. Nobody thought he would lose, though this was a title-for-title match with the Progress World title and the Ring of Honor World title on the line at the same time. Jonathan Gresham winning this championship makes him the first American wrestler to ever hold the Progress World Championship, ending Kyra Noir's 791-day win. 
So this is big, and Gresham will now make his first title defense this Wednesday as this is a whole week of events for Progress Wrestling as they're celebrating their anniversary week. So Wednesday's going to be everything patterned where he will defend against Malik. On Tuesday, March the 22nd, Progress will have their first all-women's event called Who Run the World? And then their 10th anniversary show will see Cara Noir take on the NXT UK champion Ilya Dragunov and that's happening in London as well so this is a really incredible week for progress but what a huge piece of news Jonathan Gresham the new progress world champion he now holds two recognized world titles and if he holds on to both of them he will bring them of course into the supercard of honor the night before Wrestlemania which is going to be intriguing because now with Tony Khan owning Ring of Honor, Tony Khan will likely be in Dallas WrestleMania week, which is a first time ever situation as AEW has stayed away from WrestleMania week. So this is going to make things extremely interesting for all things Ring of Honor and WrestleMania. When we come back, speaking of two night events, it's time to talk about the Crockett Cup 2022 and all the happenings in the NWA. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win and there's a you, there will always be the S-H-W. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. 
relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas Vegas here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Chris what? Jericho is here and can't watch out. It's going on. Oh, my God. Give me Omega. Oh, man. Over you. Oh. because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. With WrestleMania being a two-day event this year, the most stupendous two-day WrestleMania of all time, it makes things super interesting because now, this year alone, WrestleMania will make the third two-day wrestling event that we will have in 2022. The first multi-day wrestling event was Wrestle Kingdom, which was January the 4th and the 5th, with technically a third day on the 8th as New Japan battled Pro Wrestling Noah, so there's that side of it. And then this weekend marked the second two-day event as NWA resumed the Crockett Cup tournament. So if you're unfamiliar with the Crockett Cup, the Crockett Cup has great history and nostalgia as it is a tag team tournament, a 16-team tournament that takes place over two days with the second day, the winner being crowned the Crockett Cup champion. Now, here's what's interesting. For all of the history that exists and the folklore around the Crockett Cup, this is only the fifth time that the Crockett Cup tournament has actually happened. The first three were in the mid-80s that saw the Road Warriors, Nikita Koloff, and Dusty Rhodes, and then Sting and Lex Luger as your three winners. We did not see the Crockett Cup resume again until 2019, where Villain Enterprises would win the Crockett Cup. It was supposed to happen again in 2020. The pandemic hit, which obviously eliminated for 2020 and 2021. Here we are for 2022 with only the fifth presentation of the Crockett Cup tournament. It took place this year at the National Fairgrounds for the NWA, the same place where NWA 70 took place, where Nick Aldis would defeat Cody Rhodes for the NWA World Championship and then go on a historic reign of over 1,000 days as the NWA World Champion. So this being in Nashville holds obviously a lot of sentiment for both the NWA and and the NWA World Championship, specifically for the former champion, Nick Aldis, who wins titles in Nashville. We'll get to that in a second. Let's talk a bit about the 16-team tournament, which had some amazing teams. Having watched it, I will say that the tournament was fantastic. There were some things that happened in the first and second rounds, which felt a little hokey. But I will say that when we got down to the final four teams, those teams made a whole lot of sense. Those teams being the Cardonas, as in Mike Knox and VSK, the Briscoes, who are the current Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, La Rebellion, the current NWA Tag Team Champions, and then the Commonwealth Connection, the team of Doug Williams and Harry Smith, who is the son of Davey Boy Smith. Those four teams as the final four, 
made a lot of sense. And coming into it, I thought that we'd see the NWA tag champs against the Ring of Honor tag champs. Side note, the NWA, for whatever reason, did not mention the Briscoes as the current reigning ROH tag team champions, which is kind of weird to me. Not sure why, but that's the case. And I may have an idea now that I think about it, which we'll talk about in a second. So we're not talking about night one, not because we didn't watch it, but because really for all of the matches that happened, the results are really in night two. As night one was all about getting us through rounds one and two of the tournament. No singles matches. All the matches were tag matches. Great matches, by the way. Moving us to night two, where you have, of course, the final four and you have other matches that take place. So let's kind of run through this card and then we'll talk about our feelings about the Crockett Cup. It starts off with a semifinal match as the Briscoes defeat the Cardonas, Mike Knox and VSK, to punch their way into the Crockett Cup finals. The second semifinal match happened after that as the NWA Tag Champions La Rebellion took on Doug Williams and Harry Smith, also known as the Commonwealth Connection, and in what many could consider an upset the Commonwealth Connection pinned the NWA Tag Team Champions. So now our finals look like this. The Briscoes against the Commonwealth Connection. Could you find two more evenly matched tag teams? And I found myself during the final four of this feeling like the old NWA, which is what I know the NWA really looks to do. Bring us nostalgia with current action. And I think this tournament did that. I'll get into the results in just a few minutes. With that said, Anthony Mayweather defended the National Heavyweight Championship against his former tag team partner, Jax Dane. He would tap out Jax Dane to retain the championship. However, Dane would then cash in a title opportunity that he won previously after having injured Anthony Mayweather. And now he would turn around and in Anthony Mayweather and Jax Dane is your new NWA National Heavyweight Champion. The Hex, Allison Kay and Marty Bell successfully defended the NWA Women's World Tag Team Championship as they defeated Kenzie Page and Ella Envy. Congratulations to Homicide, who wins the vacant NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship. He won a fatal four-way against Austin Aries, Darius Lockhart, and Colby Carino. And then Camille successfully retains her NWA Women's World Championship against Kylie Ray and Chelsea Green. Tyrus defeats Rodney Mack, retaining the NWA World Television Championship. The Crockett Cup finale saw the Briscoe Brothers in a tough, tough match, defeating Doug Williams and Harry Smith, and now they etch their names into tag team history. And then your main event, Matt Cardona, retains the NWA World Championship against Nick Aldis after it appeared as though Nick Aldis tapped him out. But Jeff Jarrett, as a special referee, would disqualify Nick Aldis, thinking that Mickey James gave him a low blow when it was really Chelsea Green. All right, so with all of that said, what do we think about the NWA's Crockett Cups. Well, we've got some pros and cons. The pros, as I said, I love this tag team tournament. Bringing all of these tag teams in, and let me just say, I think it speaks to the growth of the NWA. 
The last time they had the Crockett Cup back in 2019, they only had eight tag teams as a part of this event, and it was a one-night event happening in Charlotte. So for them to move it to a two-day event in Nashville with 16 teams spoke volumes in terms of the growth in content for the NWA. I loved the fact that watching this Crockett Cup really took me back to the mid-80s when the Crockett Cup was a thing. I love the touch of having David Crockett there. He's a son of Jim Crockett Sr., the brother of Jim Crockett Jr. It just was a great, great touch to add to it. Again, anytime you can give us that old school feel with new action, it's great. I cannot argue with the results of the Crockett Cup. I think having the Briscoes win, they're the current Ring of Honor Tag Champions. It was certainly a move that makes a lot of sense. An incredible tag team, and they're going to take that momentum into their battle with FTR at the Supercard of Honor as Ring of Honor makes its return, this time under new leadership and under new management. With that said, there were some great matches as well. That women's title match between Camille Kylie Ray and Chelsea Green, a fantastic match. I was surprised. And I say I was surprised because on paper, Camille should wipe the floor up with these two. But triple threat matches are always unpredictable. And this one proved to be just that. There were moments where it looked like Camille was not going to be involved in the final fall. And so anytime you can, again, give us that idea, it was Pretty incredible to say the least. I got to also shout out Darius Lockhart. So there's been a lot of talk about Darius Lockhart. He had made some appearances in AEW, doing some big things, of course, signed to the NWA, getting this incredible opportunity for the vacant NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship. I think he is a real star. He has a whole revolution thing happening, very pro black. I love that. And again, happening in the NWA. And I'll just say this him locking up with Austin Aries, I, yeah, that was just interesting to watch, to say the least. So the NWA has great talent. That is absolutely undeniable, and it becomes incredibly present when you watch things like this great, great situation called the Crockett Cup. Matt Cardona as the world champion, I actually like that for a few reasons. Number one, One of the things that we loved to hate about the NWA was the chase for any babyface going after the heel champion. And Matt Cardona just has it. He just has it. And I like the fact that indeed Nick Aldis didn't just win the title because he's the golden boy. I think you have some very interesting TV that can happen for the NWA with Matt Cardona as your NWA world champion. Plus, it brings way more eyes to the NWA than just Nick Aldis as the world champion. Let's just call a spade a spade. I think it gets very, very interesting with Matt Cardona, and Matt Cardona right now becomes the poster child for being able to leave WWE and have a better career outside of WWE than inside of it. I don't think anybody in WWE saw him as a world champion, let alone the oldest world championship active in wrestling, the NWA world title. So, This is a great, great situation, and I think the NWA has some things that they're winning with. Now to the cons. (sighs) First and foremost, and I say this with all due respect, I think the NWA really has to work on their production value. The NWA made this relaunch, 
And I think we loved the idea of it being in small venues. We loved the idea of, you know, some of the old graphics and those types of things. But I think you really have to invest in production. It's a scary moment when there are indie organizations that look better, feel better, and draw more attendance than the NWA. The NWA Crockett Cup, let's just consider this too. The Crockett Cup was going to be held in Atlanta two years ago, and it was going to be held at an arena that seats about 4,000 people. And that's a big deal for the NWA. It would have been its largest crowd since the relaunch of the NWA. That would have been huge and massive. I attended NWA 70 about three and a half years ago in Nashville, and the place was packed to the rafters. I mean, the fairgrounds in Nashville are not big. It's not big by any stretch of the imagination, but you certainly can get about probably 500 people, maybe even a thousand, depending upon how you seat them. There are talks that there were about 200 people at the Crockett Cup, which I'll tell you this now, Southern Honor draws more than double that for every show. So it is kind of scary to see that for the NWA and for something as prestigious as the Crockett Cup. It says to me that they have to improve their production value. It says to me that they've got to improve their marketing and promoting value as well. And then from a content perspective, I think, and I say this very carefully, but if you watch the product, you'll get it. I think they need a new commentary team. And I say that with all due respect. I don't like the combination that they have right now. Um, And I'll just leave it at that. I'm not suggesting that they choose us from SHW. That's not the suggestion at all. It is to say, though, that your commentary team is of extreme importance to your worldwide audience. And they've got to improve on that. With all of that said, I still think it was a great in-ring product. And I think if those things can be adjusted, I think the NWA becomes a major player. But right now, it's hard to mention the NWA in the same sentence as honestly Impact, Ring of Honor, and certainly AEW or WWE. The NWA is not there yet. And I think there's some work that the NWA has to do. With all of that said, do I think that the Crockett Cup is worth your replay? Absolutely. I think it's filling a void that is currently existing when it comes to tag team wrestling. That Crockett Cup tournament was great to really reinvigorate your love for tag team wrestling. And I think it's something to pay attention to. So go back and get the replay on Fight TV. It is well, well worth it for sure. All right, guys, I think we covered everything we plan to cover on today's show. Be sure to follow us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Also follow my personal page as well. We've got some reels that are coming this week that I think you guys are gonna love as we dig into some more fun facts and things you might not have known about the world of pro wrestling. Again, our thoughts and prayers are going out to the family of Scott Hall. Just a sad, sad time. And uh, maybe tomorrow I'll talk about the word on the street in terms of Scott Hall's final days. Just, yeah, powerful stuff to say the least. Monday Night Raw happening tonight. It is the second to the last Monday Night Raw before WrestleMania. Should be some intriguing things as we have seen some great, great, 
great wrestling action from Monday Night Raw. So that's coming. NXT is equally unpredictable as they're starting to hit a groove as well. It should just be a great week of wrestling all across the board. And certainly we'll be keeping you posted of all things connected to the world of pro wrestling right here on The Faction. So representing from my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the EP, the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my people, here we go.